Money is one of those subjects that often gets avoided by couples, but it's not a topic from which we can really run and hide, especially now with the challenges caused by the current inflation dynamics. Well, Shanti and Jeff Feldhahn are among the many couples that haven't always known how to talk with each other about money, but they are learning, and this morning we are going to be revisiting a conversation with Shanti about the research that led to their book, Thriving in Love and Money, to help you have those healthy conversations as well. Shanti, welcome back to the Morning Conversation. Oh, it's so good to be back with you. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. We always have a great time when we talk. Always thrilled about the different works that you're putting out the different books. You've got a a new one. And I I remember last time we talked, you talked about this book. Yeah. It's now here. Talk a little bit about what brought about this book. Like what was going on inside of you that made you think this would be a work that you want to dive into? Well, I didn't. We had been praying, Lord, you know, do you want us to do another research project? There were all sorts of like, how are we going to pay for the research? And there were all those big questions. And we had no idea what topic God wanted us to tackle. We just sort of felt like continue to stay in the world of trying to help relationships. You know, what are those things that matter? We get this phone call out of the blue from a company, like a not-for-profit company called Thrivent, Mm. and they basically, you know, financial services, they said money can be such a big issue in marriage. We're starting this initiative to try to sort of solve that. Mm. And would you be willing to make this your next research project and us sponsoring it, us funding it? (laughs) That's cool. First of all, it was this huge answer to prayer, but I was terrified. (laughs) (laughs) Because because honestly, it was so clear. God was saying, okay, you guys need to do this. And yet money was the one area of our marriage that Jeff and I were still not on the same page in any way. And it was really kind of scary to realize, okay, Lord, we're finally going to have to address this. (laughs) It's a big issue for couples, and oh, by the way, it's a big issue for us. Shante, a moment ago you were talking about, as you guys took a look at writing this book on money and marriage, that uh, that wasn't a strong suit in your marriage at that (laughs) point. It was something probably was somewhat avoidable as far as the conversation. As you dove into the research... Were you guys atypical or were you typical? Was it like, no, a lot of couples struggle the way that you guys did? Or was, or was it like, no, you guys are a bit of an anomaly? We felt much better once we did the surveys, yes. Because, you know, that's a hallmark for the people who aren't sort of aware of the type of stuff we do. What we're doing when we investigate something is we do big nationally representative surveys. It's a big research study. Right. And we were a bit surprised and a bit reassured that actually it turns out 77% of couples can't talk about money well either. Sometimes it's like me and Jeff where there was just a ton of avoidance. Like we didn't fight about money at all. We just kind of avoided it because if we did talk about it, then we would. So a lot of people are like us and a lot of people can talk about it, but they get kind of defensive, like it's awkward. And so sometimes you avoid it because of that. And sometimes there's just outright clashing. And so... 23% of people can't, and those people who are listening are going, what's wrong with you people? (laughs) You know, because it, it feels so normal to them. But most of us, this is an issue, and that's the reason, and that's what we dug into with this, because we were not trying in any way to tackle, like, how can you create a better budget? Like, there's plenty of books on there, and we would not be the ones you would want to ask that question. But it's really about, like, how can you have a great relationship? 
around money instead of having it be a cause for conflict and avoidance and heartache. And it turns out, like a lot of our projects, there really are a few simple things that once you know them, it makes a pretty big difference. Shantes, we're talking about money and marriage today. I know that there are a lot of ears <laughs> because, as you were talking about earlier, the research that you've done shows that about 77% of married couples avoid conversations with money. My wife and I co-host a premarital class at our church three times a year. Whenever we ask the question, hey, what do you guys think the number one struggle in marriage is? Like every time, money is one of, if not the top things that even couples going into marriage recognize as an issue. So a lot of people listening this morning, ears attentive, would love some help from your research as you've kind of dove in and and wrote this book. What's a big picture overarching thing that couples need to know if they want to decrease their tension around money? The most important thing to recognize by far is that if you're having tension around money, it's not about the money. Hmm. It's about how money makes us feel. Hmm. It's how money makes ourselves feel. It's all these issues that are running under the surface that are like expectations and worries and fears and feelings about how things should work. There's all this stuff running under the surface that we often don't even know is there. I don't recognize that when I'm, you know, at the end of a long day and I call Jeff on the way home and like, you know, why don't I just pick up some Chinese food for the family, you know, for dinner? And he goes, well... You know, I've got some chicken in the fridge from Costco, and that's 12 bucks, and why don't I just grill that? Why does that bug me? Like, it turns out it's not about the money. It's about a host of other stuff. And once we understand that other stuff, suddenly, it's not like you always agree. There's a whole bunch going on, but suddenly you can really empathize with each other, and it puts it into this space where you can talk about the real issue. And that brings you closer together. Shante, in our premarital class that my wife and I co-host, we talk often about how the problem isn't the problem. In your book, you talk about how there are five factors that impact couples and money. The first factor that you talk about is that we have different values around money. Now, I'd love to have you unpack that a little bit for us this morning. This is where it gets sort of really ultra practical. If you find yourself clashing a bit or irritated with each other, it's very likely that you're not valuing what the other person values and you don't realize that that's what's going on. So this is a silly example. We actually tell the story in the book of Jeff and I kind of realizing what was underneath one of our clashes early in marriage. This is going to sound so silly. (laughs) We lived in New York and we would go out to dinner which we tried to do a couple nights a week because Jeff was working a bazillion hours and I never saw him. So that was like one way we could see him. It would be fine. We'd be having fun until the waiter comes over and says, can I get you anything? And Jeff would order a water and I would order a Diet Coke. Now in New York, that costs $4.50. And Jeff would start getting a little irritated, especially if I ordered a refill. (laughs) And in his mind... He's thinking, this is a ridiculous expenditure of $4.50 or $9. He couldn't articulate this at the time. But what he was basically thinking is she has a character flaw. Everybody knows we have to pay off our student loans. What he didn't realize and flip it from a values perspective, he was valuing paying off student loans and not spending any unnecessary money. You know, this is newlywed years. We didn't know each other as well yet. Mm -hmm. 
he didn't know that I kind of don't like the taste of water mm. and I actually don't enjoy a meal unless I can have some sort of a soft drink, you know, like my Diet Coke or an iced tea or something. Even if it's a nice steak dinner, I just won't enjoy it if I can't have something with it. And I'd rather stay home and save the money. I would be fine with doing that. And he didn't realize that. And so suddenly all of my feelings, like he's just a spoil sport, you know, he's trying to suck all the joy out of life. Like neither of those things were true. He wasn't trying to suck the joy out of life. And I didn't have a character flaw. It was literally just, we valued different things and we didn't recognize that that was what was going on. Silly example, but it happens every day with every couple. Shante, we're, we're talking about money and marriage. We were just talking about just how, for many couples, the, one of the roots issues really is our value system. How do we get at that? And even if we do talk about that and we go, okay, yep, we're different. <laughs> now what? Once you know that, like, you know, with me and Jeff, for example, I was able to understand that if I'm ordering the Diet Coke, or if I'm wanting Chinese food on the way home. And this is not just Jeff, this is common to, it turns out statistically, many men who have a kind of in the back of their mind, this look worry about how am I going to provide for the family? When you're worried about how am I going to provide for the family? What's really going on is, oh my gosh, are we going to be homeless in retirement? That's a question back there. And once we recognize that, I'm able to go, what would make this better? What does that look like? Is it, okay, well, we won't go out to eat as much, but I'll be fine that when we do go out to eat, you're going to want your Diet Coke. Mm. So, you know, we can certainly talk about that. Or on his side or on the side of someone else, once you recognize, you know what? It's not that Shanti has a character flaw. I mean, I'm sure I have many character flaws, but it's not that my spouse has a character flaw. It's that my spouse values something different. And I can now go, okay, I didn't realize that you would actually be willing to stay home and not go out to dinner. Like, I didn't recognize that. I'm, you know, I'm sorry that that was an issue. And recognizing, wow, you know, my desire to save money and provide for retirement, that isn't necessarily the only right way of being. And that it's not that either of us is wrong or right in most cases. It's just we're very different. And it's okay that we're made different. God made us that way. And it's okay that we value different things. For example, I was just talking to somebody just a couple days ago, and he said, you know, it literally never occurred to me that my way of wanting to save everything may actually not be the right way of doing things. And that, you know, God does want us to have abundant life and enjoy things now and enjoying the little happinesses of life, like a Diet Coke with your meal. That's a legitimate desire. And he said, I never would have recognized that before. So that's the kind of stuff that once you talk about it, suddenly there's connection. Shante, this morning we're talking about marriage and money, and we're talking about your latest book that we're thrilled about that, that really empowers us in, in that area, having those conversations with our spouse. But you know, there are some listening this morning, they're going, I've tried to have that conversation with my spouse. It doesn't go well. So we now avoid that conversation for as much as possible. So it's a risk. They feel like yeah, we kind of do need to talk about this, but man, it just feels so risky. <laughs> Why is it worth it? Why would it be worth taking the risk to talk about money again with your spouse? 
I'm going to say something very direct because I could tell you this from our own marriage. The question of why should we take the risk to talk about it? Well, it depends on if you want a good marriage or not. Hmm. Because all of us, sinful people, all of us to some degree or another are resisting being one in marriage. And it's coming out in how we handle money. Wow. There is a desire in every human heart to kind of just want to do what I want to do. And it comes out in how we handle money. I kind of just want to handle money the way I want to handle money. And I don't want to have to talk about it because, you know, there's all that conflict and whatever. It's awkward. It's hard. You know what? I will have my paycheck go into my bank account and he has his paycheck go into his bank account. And we talk about like who's paying the mortgage this month or who's paying the utility bills. But that kind of keeps the peace. Well, yeah, it does. But it's a false peace because it's institutionalizing the fact that you guys aren't becoming one. And that's the design that God has for marriage. And instead, you're institutionalizing a wall between you. And yeah, it's hard to talk about for some of us. (laughs) Once you actually do and you start honoring what the other person values and recognizing, yeah, of course I have to kind of give up some control over my own life. I'm married. Like, that's the definition. Mm. Once you start realizing that and kind of taking that courageous step to drop some of those walls between you, I can tell you from personal experience, it changes everything. Shante, we were just talking about some of the challenges of couples actually talking about this area of money and marriage. You've just released a book that I think could probably be helpful for couples. Talk about the book specifically and what it might look like for a couple to use this book to really enter into that conversation, that kind of that danger zone, but maybe in a more helpful way. What we realized that will make a big difference is to actually read the book about yourself first. Like it's Mm. a little book. Read it about yourself first and read it with a pen in hand. Literally, even if you only go through like this concept of the values, like I value something different than you value. Like even if you only go through the values chapter Mm. and you read it with a pen in hand and you highlight and circle the stuff that applies to you and you're suddenly going, that is a type of value. Like some people value time versus money. I want to spend the money ahead of time to buy the tickets at the movie theater so I don't have to stand in line, even though it costs a little bit more. And somebody else, of course, I'm going to go an hour early and stand in line. Like, that's just what you do. You know, you highlight the stuff that's about you. Suddenly, first of all, you understand what's going on in your own heart. And then you trade and you read your spouse's comments. You read what they highlighted and made notes on. And you're getting a personalized tour into kind of the deep stuff of their heart and their mind that is being surfaced by money. And it automatically lends itself to a, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Mm. I mean, I knew you wanted to save money. I knew you got irritated by the Diet Coke, but I didn't really understand that that was like two or three things deep. I didn't understand Mm. what was Shante, we were just talking about uh, how couples can leverage your latest book on money and marriage to really help them enter into what previously has been a pretty dangerous ground to kind of mm-hmm. enter into in the conversation. That picture was one where both are willing to enter in that conversation. What advice would you give to a person listening this morning that says, no, I, I cannot mm-hmm. get my spouse to reenter that conversation. They will not talk to me about this. You need to ask yourself a hard question. What is it maybe that I'm doing 
that's making it hard for my spouse to feel that they can talk to me about it. So hmm. that's really what's happening. It's right. not just talk about money because, hmm. you know, they might go to the coffee shop with their girlfriend and talk about money. Hmm. What is it that I'm doing that makes it hard for them to talk to me? And that's a hard question to ask yourself. But, and I'll give you an example, and Jeff has given me permission. For years, honestly, before we started this research, Jeff had wanted me to go to the Dave Ramsey class at our church. You know, I kept coming up with excuses. I'm traveling too much. There's too much going on, blah, blah, blah. Okay, those are reasons, but they weren't like the real reason. The real reason is I just didn't want to go. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to him about it. So eventually he went on his own because I wouldn't go with him. Mm. Okay, now I know I just lost credibility with everybody listening <laughs> who's a finance person. So here's what I realized once we did this research and once I was able to understand myself enough to articulate what was underneath the surface. My fear was that if we did Dave Ramsey together, Jeff was going to put us on the equivalent of a 500-calorie-a-day diet <laughs> when it came to money. And we'd be eating franks and beans every day for the next 200 days. Right. And I couldn't have articulated that that was my fear, but it was. And Jeff recognizes now that was a legitimate fear. And if he would have been able to understand what was behind my fear and why I didn't want to talk to him about it, he would have been able to address that. And maybe we would have been able to actually have a conversation that resulted in him saying, you know, I realize that that's a lot to expect of anybody. I'm okay with it for me, but I shouldn't expect that of us if you're not comfortable. What can we do that would make you comfortable? That's an important conversation for anyone to have when they're the one party who wants to talk about it and the other person doesn't. Shante, before you and your husband decided to write about money, <laughs> there's this book that's been around for a few thousand years <laughs> called The Bible <laughs> that also talks quite a bit, and Jesus specifically talks quite a bit about money. Why is it so present in Scripture? I think the passage where Jesus says where your treasure is, where your money is, that's where your heart's going to be, really gives us a very, very important reason why. It's because money has the power to kind of reveal the heart more than anything else, because as he said, that's where your heart is going to be. But it's not just revealing what we value. You've probably heard pastors talk about tithing and giving, for example, and says, you know, if you're kind of holding on to your money, that shows you're not really trusting God, which is true. But guess what? There's another step to it that that passage also means. Mm -hmm. It's not just that it shows the heart, it fears the heart, mm -hmm. and that your choice to do something that's kind of hard, <laughs> you know, right. whether it's to open up and talk about money or whether it's to combine bank accounts or whether it's to allow yourself to be fully accountable. Like I'm not going to grab the Amazon package off the front step before my spouse gets home. <laughs> like I'm really, really tempted to do that, but I'm not gonna so that he knows or she knows everything I've been doing. When you do that, you are purposefully steering your heart. You're breaking down those barriers between you. And that will guide your heart into whether it's tithing, that means you're trusting God more, or 
these things that you do with your spouse and your money, you're trusting your spouse more and you're purposely building up being one. Shante, we could talk all day. I know you've got other things that you need to do and get to, <laughs> but before I let you go, would love for you just to speak to the discouraged, the person who they pretty much have given up hope to be able to unlock this in their marriage. What word of encouragement would you give us this morning? If I can do it, <laughs> you can do it. If Jeff and I can now come together around money, which we completely can, like all of those walls are now down. We can absolutely talk about money. Now, we absolutely still don't agree on certain things, but it no longer causes that sense of conflict because we now have the ability to go, okay, there's something underneath that and probably something underneath that, Mm -hmm. and we can go, what is it that's making you worried when I say that? Why does that make you cringe? And we can do have that conversation. And let me tell you to the discouraged person out there, this is actually not rocket science, believe it or not. It's literally stuff you just didn't know before. And suddenly, once your eyes are open to this stuff, it is so much more simple. Now, I, I do need to say before we close, there is a small number, and it's a very, very small number of situations where it could be that someone's discouraged because, like, their spouse has a gambling addiction. This is an issue where money situations are completely different. And listen, mm-hmm. if you're in that situation, all of these emotions and all the stuff we've been talking about on the surface are still there. The application is going to be completely different, though. It's not like, hey, throw open your bank accounts to each other. You know, if there's an actual like gambling addiction or Mm. drug use or something that's causing those kinds of problems, yeah, you need to get some pastoral counsel and go to a qualified counselor to help you walk through what boundaries to put in place. But that's a small number of people. And these issues are still going to be under the surface. They won't solve that. But understanding each other may make them easier to solve still. So just the encouragement to anybody, if you're discouraged, just ask God to help you understand what's going on in your own heart and your spouse's, because that is the key starting point. Well, Shanti, as always, you have shared a lot of great wisdom with us this morning. Thank you so much for the research that you and Jeff have done, and we are really trusting that God will use this to help many couples begin to start this conversation about a tough subject. Again, thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. 